Wonderful story, and that's, I think, why we do the GLS. We hear such stories, and people leave this place encouraged and built up and, and, and with a fresh resolve to, to, to do something, to, uh, you know, capture and to try and, you know, bring that dream that they've had into some, into some reality. And time and time again, we hear stories along those lines. You know, our own dreams as a community over the last few years have been varied, but over the last three years, when I launched our new final phase campaign last weekend, uh, you know, they've, they've been involved in wanting to be a light and a blessing to this community in this region. And so four years ago, and I'm not gonna go over the whole story again, if you've missed the story, well, uh, our final phase brochure gives you uh, a little bit of that story, but by all means, listen to last week's podcast or see the video cast, and that'll give you a more detailed background to it all. But uh, you know, over the last uh, six, uh, over the last twelve months, we've seen God do extraordinary things. We've had the great privilege of, of uh, you know, just seeing people come in their droves. 80 to 90 clients a week coming to our food bank alone. Then there's our kit ministry. Then there's our, you know, our, our make lunch ministry. Uh, there's the number of people that are continually increasing in this place. And people whose lives are being touched and transformed. And when they thought they had nothing to offer, suddenly they find they have something to offer. And that God finds it all precious. And nothing is too small for God. And nothing is too big for God. And so we find ourselves working together and built up and caught up into something bigger than ourselves. You know, I was thinking about this. And of course, the final phase, in, in essence, is to finish off the plans that we have uh, next door for the, for the first floor. You know, four years ago, God said, enlarge the place the tent. And I was resistant to that idea. I felt that 23,000 square foot was, was plenty, that if we couldn't do a ministry out of that, there was something seriously wrong. So I was resistant to that. But I realized after a while, and it took a while, a year or so, I was resisting God because it was actually God's plan, not, not the, the plan of a few crazies among you. We've got plenty of crazies. Uh, but, uh, you know, praise God. Um, you know, and suddenly I got it, and I suddenly realized that God was in this thing. And, and just uh, what we've seen happen and what we've seen God doing is extraordinary. You know, we, we also, we found that you know, as we looked at the first floor, we, we, uh, uh, we realized that, that what our, our young people needed was an auditorium. This is a 750-seater auditorium. It doesn't feel that big. It's just been brilliantly designed. There is a sense of intimacy. But to be honest with you, uh, you know, our young people uh, and, and our Ventureland kids need that space next door. We're going to see our, our children and youth develop in the love and knowledge of Jesus. We also knew that, that uh, as we worked next door, we we were, we were under increasing uh, pressure, and it's almost a pressure, uh, where agencies and charities are coming to us for leadership, for resources, for ideas, and for space. And God has raised us up. This was not something we were looking for, but God has raised us up, uh, and people are encouraged by us. I mean, we're just bumbling along trying to stay close to Jesus and stay loving one another. 
But, but Jesus said, you know, when you love one another, the world will know that you're my disciples. People want to work with us. And I'm talking not just about Christian organizations and other faith organizations, but I'm talking about, you know, our, our, our social services, the police, you know. It, it, it is quite extraordinary, the opportunities that, that God is giving, and, and we need more space. So... Uh, 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 that was the essence of the plan. As I said, read the little booklet, which you all should have now, but also look at it online, and please listen to last week's podcast. But as I was thinking about it this week, and it's been a pretty pretty busy week, as you will, you will appreciate, I just had this phrase. Uh, we had a board meeting on Tuesday night, and this, I just kept getting this phrase, it's time to finish the task. It's time to finish the task. Just say that with me. It's time to finish the task. And as I thought about that, I was reminded of the story of Ezra. And I don't know how familiar you are with the story of Ezra in the Old Testament and the Bible. Uh, I would love to read you chunks out of it. I've been reading it this week and it's fascinating, but I'll have to summarize because of time constraints. So Ezra is a priest, a leader, and at this time, the children of God are in exile and a non-believing, well I say a non-believing, he was a believer, but he was a pagan uh, king, an uh, emperor, called Cyrus, and this is about 537 BC. He suddenly has this sense that he should bless every religion uh, uh, of, the, of the various uh, nations that he has conquered. He was a bit insecure, a bit nervous, things weren't going brilliantly, so he thought, well, I'm not quite sure who is the best God to follow, so let's, you know, let's cut to the chase and you know, I'll try and sort of bless everyone. And so he issues a decree that the temple in Jerusalem, the Jewish temple which has been destroyed, should be rebuilt. And he appoints Ezra and gives resources, there's money, and people are given the freedom, if they have a heart to do so, to go back to Jerusalem. This great long journey down to Jerusalem and to start rebuilding the temple. Well, Ezra arrives, and the first thing they do, and I love this, you know what the first thing they do is? They clear the altar area, and they worship. This new initiative was going to be founded in worship. When this church, and this is absolutely true, when this church was founded nearly 30 years ago, at our inaugural meeting, the first thing that we did, we weren't thinking of Ezra, it was just something in our heart to do, was that we worshipped. We worshipped for 40 minutes or so. We just worshipped. That's what we did. And now worship has become an integral part of who we are. We don't do anything without worshiping. You know, we've got a wonderful array of musicians and worship leaders. Darren is just one. And our dear son Samuel is, is at this moment in Los Angeles recording another album that he's been invited to do as a blessing to the wider church. Worship is part of the very foundation of what we do. Ezra, they, they got together and they worshipped. And then they set about clearing the site and rebuilding the temple. But a little while into this, suddenly the local uh, nations, the peoples around them, begin to realize what's happening, that 
what was a pile of rubble, and nobody really paid too much attention to it. You know, kids played in it, maybe, maybe what have you. But essentially, it was just left to, you know, the poor and whoever and whatever. Suddenly, they realized that something's going on up there. They're being woken up in the morning, and there's hammering going on, and there's busyness, and there's walls beginning to be erected, and suddenly they get a bit of a panic on. What the heck? What's happening? What do you mean? And then they find out that actually they've been uh, you know, commissioned. The Jews have been commissioned to come back and rebuild the temple. And so at that, they really react. And there is a season of real opposition and fierce opposition. I mean, they fear for their lives. As far as we know, there was no violence. But there was, a, there was an enormous amount of political opposition to the degree that the work in the temple has to stop. It actually, actually ceases. Even though they've been given this sort of, you know, this, this um, decree from Cyrus, unfortunately Cyrus has popped his clogs, and now when that happens and the work isn't finished, you know, the opposition goes into overdrive. And it's almost as if the test of God's will is that it's opposed. You know, it's, it's almost as if the people of God, when they're pursuing godly things, when they're trying to, you know, uh, extend the kingdom of God, there is opposition. And we can give you, we can bore the, you know, bore you to tears about the stories and the difficulties that we've had. I, I mentioned some of them last week. Listen to the podcast. So anyway, all the building, building work stops. And what do the people do? The people who who've come back, the exiles who've returned, you know, they, what, what can they do? Well, they do what I would have done, and probably what you would have done. You know, we've been busy building the temple, but all the work's on hold now, they're trying to sort it out over there, and wherever it is they sort these things out. And so they start going about their own business. They, you know, the teachers amongst them, the rabbis begin to start teaching the kids, and the kids start going off to school, and the women and, uh, you know, tend for the family, this very, very kind of traditional family setup, you'll understand, and the husbands start trading and what have you, and they start sort of, you know, making something of their homes, it's all been a bit ramshackle and all the rest of it, and then they start building nicer homes, and then they put on a, a, a conservatory and have a jacuzzi, you know. Uh, you know, all this, well, in the meantime, you know, the whole sort of vision, the whole impetus, the whole drive to complete the work of God, the, to finish the task is, is kind of evaporated and they're just getting on doing life, which is, of course, what we would all do. But anyway, backstory is that things haven't gone completely quiet. And then a new king comes in, Darius, and uh, an appeal is sent to Darius saying, look, we're, we're out here in the sticks the Emperor Cyrus told us to build this thing, and then we've had all this hassle, and your predecessor was only around for a very short time. I can't even remember his name. You know, he sort of, uh, everything froze during his time. Please would you search the annals, the archives, because there is a decree that says that we're to do this. So Darius, somewhat obligingly, uh, gets his ministers to search the archives to see whether such a decree exists, and they find it. There it is. So he sends this thing back, say, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. You know, go for it, yeah. I, 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 I can see no reason to, 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 to delay anymore. Get on with it. And so the decree comes back, and suddenly we're in business again. 
And everybody says, yeah, great. Yeah, I was just about to, you know, you know do an allotment out there, actually. I was sort of a bit busy at the moment. Um, I can give you a week next month, you know. And there's all this kind of stuff, this kind of, suddenly within the hearts of the people, they've lost momentum. They've lost the vision. They've forgotten why they came. And now they're just getting on doing life, and why not? And I would have just been exactly the same. Now, into this... The prophet Haggai emerges. Now, this is actually recorded in the book of Ezra. You can read the book of Ezra and you'll see Haggai emerges there. But actually, there is a little book, just three or four chapters long, um, towards the end of the Old Testament, which is attributed to Haggai himself. And I'm going to read a couple of verses of this, uh, a few verses of this, because it's full of encouragement. Uh, There is a sense of warning, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen to us. I I, I mean, I think Flissy and I and our staff would say, we have been very blessed by the way you, uh, in response to this uh, news last week and the week before, that we were going to raise funds to finish that thing. People have been coming up to us, they're excited. I mean, Fliss was literally having people coming up yesterday and saying, you know, when, is, when are we going to need the money by? We want, we want to raise about three quarters of a million, something like that. When are you going to need that by? When, what, what, you know, how's it going to pan out and all the rest of it? People asking good questions. But I, I do, nonetheless, I do find myself thinking, you know, uh, because when Fliss and I sat down to talk about how we were going to respond to this message, we sat at the dinner table, I remember the conversation, and there was a kind of a, uh, oh really, have we got to give two? <laughs> Haven't we done enough? <laughs> and Fliss and I, it was very short, but it was kind of like, uh, I wanted to give one figure, and Fliss wanted to give three times that, you know, which, you know, bless her heart, and Fliss won, you know. Um, <laughs> she doesn't usually win, but she did on this occasion, yeah. Um, so I'm just going to read you these verses because they're interesting and there, there is good news in there too. So the first one then I just want to have a look at is, is Haggai chapter 1 verses 2 to 8. It'll come up on the screen. If you've got your Bibles, please turn to it. If you haven't got a Bible, we'd love to give you one. Uh, look at it in your smart devices. But it goes like this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to start rebuilding the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much but harvested little. You eat but you never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Has anybody had that kind of experience, you know, where I don't have a purse, you'll be pleased to know, but, but, you know, you kind of, you think, oh, I've got that coming in, and then when you actually come to it, it's it's already spent three times over, you know. Verse 7, this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. Think carefully. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. And so on and so forth. The good news in all of this is that the people did respond to this message. There was a warning there. Uh, And and frankly, I have empathy for them, sympathy for them, because there was a delay. And, And when people, you know, don't have clear direction, clear vision... You know, they, they just 
default to ordinary everyday things. And now suddenly again in this context, it's all on again, you know. Uh, let's look forward into, uh, you know, verses two, and uh, chapter two, verses four to nine. And I love this. This is where some new good news comes in. But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you. I am with you. None of this, none of this that we experience here, none of the work we do in Jesus' name, none of the opportunities that God gives us, none of the demands that are upon us as a community to serve other communities, to go abroad sometimes and serve other communities, none of that would have come about had it not been for the fact that God says to us, and this has proved to be our experience, he says, I am with you. I am with you. And he goes on to say, Haggai goes on to say, this is what I covenanted with you when I came out of Egypt. This is, in other words, this has always been on my mind. And I, you know, Fliss and I, when we started the church, it seemed crazy to us to be talking of a large church and church of 5,000, church planting and all the rest of it. It just seemed crazy and people looked at us like crazies. But the truth of the matter is that's what fired us up. That's what got us out of bed. That's what got us excited. That's what we made sacrifices for because we believed God. And thankfully, so many of you over the years have believed God and just run alongside that. You know, many of you have been, we've been together now for many years. And if you've been here for any length of time, you'll be able to look back at what we were, but what God has called us to be. Just the extraordinary, uh, just extraordinary sources. And it is, you know, the, it's about the people. It's not about the building. The building is a tool. But as, as Karen, our office manager, said yesterday to the team, you know, uh, don't be blasé about what God has given her. People, leaders were coming in here and going, wow. And this is God. This is God. So it goes on, you know, this is what I covenanted with you when I came out of Egypt. My spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I, in a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory. We ain't seen nothing yet. Say that with me. We ain't seen nothing yet. The silver and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace. We're in a season which seems godless and secular, beset by natural disasters and man-made disasters. It seems that we're all too busy. Everybody says, I'm just, you know, I'm exhausted, I'm too busy. And into this kind of runaway world that we find ourselves living in, into this runaway world that if I think for two minutes, I begin to fear for my grandchildren. What kind of world are they gonna inherit? 
you know, uh, into this runaway world and into this situation says, you know, God says, fear not. Fear not. I have plans for this nation. I have plans for this region. I have plans for this city. And you better believe it, that God's word is always the last word. We may even get to see some of that come to pass. We may get to see some of that come to pass. So, how are we going to give? Well, as always, how we did every way. We're, we're not going to do the bring and buy sale. I'm always saying this. <laughs> we're going to give gladly. We're going to give generously. And we're going to give sacrificially. I thought I would bring, I've been saving this. A couple of weeks ago, I said, one of our staff's daughters came and, uh, and uh, gave me this. And this is the money she'd saved up for the rabbit she was wanting. <laughs> uh, and this, is, uh, this rabbit money she wants to go to the final phase. One or two of you went, ah, because you've got soft hearts. Let's, let's, the whole congregation, let's go, ah. It's little things like that. I tell you, I was, at that time, I was writing the first draft. Emma and I were working on the first draft of the phase thing. And, and just to have that at that moment, it just touched me. Because already God was preparing people's hearts, you know. It wasn't in response to something so much as a response to the sense that this little one, who's even now part of our, our VentureLine group next door, was sensing that she wanted to be part of something bigger than herself. And so, what a wonderful gift, you know. So that's going in there. So we give gladly, generously, and sacrificially. And Emma did a great job with this final phase uh, brochure. And I love the scripture, and I, I, read, I tried to read it last week. I didn't do it very well because I got my glasses on, but out of 2 Corinthians, you know, the people of God are great at beginning things. We're not always good at finishing things. But here's Paul speaking to the Corinthian church, a wonderful, vibrant church. Yes, with a few problems, it has to be said. But this is the advice that he gave, and it'll probably come up on the screen too. Here is my advice, says Paul. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have, and whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. That's his advice, and we're going to try and match that. So, uh, as always, uh, I did have a pledge here, but it looks like I've, I've, I've lost it. <laughs> I think, is it on the seat down there? Thank you. Okay, right. Can I have the band up, please? Thank you. And we're going to finish the service with our last song. And as we do so, we're going to take up our, our first offering, as it were for the final phase. Uh, please know that you can also give through the Vineyard app. You can give online. If you're a taxpayer, please gift aid because that's really money for old rope. I think we get 25% on a gift-aided gift. 
And what we're really wanting to try and do is if we can raise somewhere in the region, or raise or pledge, I mean, Flissy and I are pledging. We don't have a pot of gold to dip into, but we're pledging a sum of money over the next 12 months. We're wanting to, to try and hit the half a million mark in pledges and gifts by Christmas. If we can do that, then we can begin the work in the new year. And it, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could begin the, the work in the new year and then have a grand opening next October and then be done with it? That would be my, my, my prayer, my goal. Let's stand and pray, and uh, then we'll just commit ourselves and this opportunity to the Lord. Once again, folks, um, if you look over the end of your, your, bent, your, your seats, if you're on the end, you should find a basket. Uh, please feel free. Uh, please, would you help us? Would you just give that up? Just pass that along. I'm not expecting for us to, all the ra to raise all the money now, so it may be that some of you want to go away and think about this, pray about this, etc. But you can give online. You can give in following weeks in the normal offering. Just mark it the final phase, otherwise it will go into our general fund. But providing you mark it, then we can, uh, we can make sure that it goes into the right, uh, the right thing. Trev, could you put that in for us? Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you to you. Thank you for our spiritual forebears. Thank you for those who learnt similar lessons to ours, learnt that you were trustworthy, learnt that you are faithful, learnt, Lord God, that uh, you are able to bless and to prosper. And thank you, Lord God, for that reminder that all the silver and all the gold is yours, and we're simply giving back to you that which is already yours. And so we ask now, Lord God, that you would bless us and bless this offering as we begin the fundraising for this final phase. And may, may it be the hallmark of this uh, uh, campaign be joy and gladness, uh, and may you be glorified in all of it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you.